0: You may have noticed that we don't have quite as many baptism of our Lord hymns as we do Christmas hymns, so thank you for working through a new one with us. As you know, we've been preaching in the Revised Common Lectionary, which means that we get to celebrate the baptism of our Lord every year. This year, we hear our story from the Gospel of Matthew, the third chapter, verses 13 through 17. Hear now the Word of God. Just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw God's Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, who hovered over the waters at creation's birth, who descended in the form of a dove at Jesus' baptism, who was poured out under the signs of fire and wind at Pentecost, come to us, open our hearts and minds, so that we may hear the word of life and be renewed by your power. For you live and reign with the Father and the Son, now and forever. Amen. In 1971, the astronaut Edgar Mitchell was launched into space. From 239,000 miles up, he stared down at that tiny blue marble that is our planet and felt something wash over him. It was, he said later, an instant global consciousness, a people orientation, an intense dissatisfaction with the state of the world, and a compulsion to do something about it. So far away, the squabbles of the earth suddenly seemed petty. The differences between nations and races fell away. The false urgency of trivial problems disappeared. What was left was a sense of connectedness and compassion for everyone and everything. Mitchell had the realization that we are all one. We are all in this together. I think this is what God wants us to experience in the scripture passage from today. And it all began with a dove. Jesus' baptism is theologically understood as the anointing to ministry, much like Genevieve will experience this afternoon at her ordination, where she will be anointed as minister of word and sacrament. In each of the four gospel accounts, the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus. In the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Holy Spirit took the form of a dove. The dove is the biblical symbol of creation from the very beginning when the movement of the spirit brooded over the chaotic waters in Genesis 1. The dove is the symbol of recreation ever since Noah and the flood. Jesus also used the dove as a symbol of gentleness when in his sermon on mission, Jesus said, be as cautious as snakes and gentle as doves. Well, in our scripture passage today, we see the Spirit of God, like a dove, descending upon an entirely new creation, the incarnation of God, which will usher in a new creation to come, marked not by power and achievement, but rather one of service and humility. Dove power. Jesus came down to us, leaving his heavenly home to be born in a humble manger, to become one of us, one with us. In Matthew's account, we haven't heard from Jesus since he was a young child, coming back to Nazareth from Egypt with his parents after escaping a murderous King Herod. And now, as a young man, Jesus is stepping into the Jordan River with all those ordinary sinners of the land. Jesus' descent into baptism says loud and clear that we are all one, we are all in this together. Roy Lloyd, a Lutheran minister, once interviewed Mother Teresa and he asked her, what is the biggest problem in the world today? Mother Teresa didn't hesitate when she said, the biggest problem in the world today is that we draw the circle of our family too small. We need to draw it larger every day. She seems to be saying that the problem is not so much with the world as it is with us. We need to see more people as our neighbor, more people as our family, more people as children of God like the way Jesus included us in the circle of love by joining us in baptism. As the Son of God, Jesus certainly didn't need the baptism of repentance that John was offering. And yet, Jesus somehow knew that this particular act was the fulfillment of righteousness. Jesus was obeying the will of God which always is a movement towards something good. This particular act was the beginning of Jesus' ministry of humility, sacrifice, and service, dove power. James Stockdale exhibited sacrifice and service as a United States Navy fighter pilot who was shot down in North Vietnam in 1965. After being ejected from his plane, he had just a few moments to contemplate his fate. Imprisonment, torture, maybe even death. He didn't know if he would even see his family or his home again. But the moment Stockdale hit the ground, that contemplation stopped. He wouldn't dare think about himself. He had a mission to keep his men together and to not repeat the mistakes from a previous war. You see, they had learned a valuable lesson from the Korean War a decade earlier when individual self-preservation showed its ugly side. In the terrible, freezing prison camps of that war, It had very much become every American soldier for himself. Scared to death, the survival instincts of American prisoners of war kicked in so overwhelmingly that they ended up fighting and even killing one another simply to stay alive, rather than staying together, fighting against their captors to survive or maybe even to escape. Stockdale took his obligation as a commander seriously to provide leadership, support, and direction for his fellow prisoners, who included future Senator John McCain. He and McCain both drew strength by putting their fellow prisoners' well-being ahead of their own. Stockdale led his men in a POW camp for over seven years two of which he spent in leg irons in solitary confinement. Stockdale had set up a network of support in the camp called U.S., unity over self. He reminded them over and over again, we are in this together, dove power. In his book, The Obstacle is the Way, Ryan Holiday wrote, even if you can't carry the load all the way, We're going to take our crack at picking up the heavy end. We're going to be of service to others, help ourselves by helping them, becoming better because of it, drawing purpose from it. Well, this is what Jesus exemplified in his life, right? With the anointing of the Holy Spirit for guidance and inspiration, Jesus was able to obey the will of God, which is always for the good of others. Jesus was empowered to deny himself and humbly serve those in need with genuine kindness and gentleness Well, this reminds me of the very popular series called Ted Lasso on Apple TV. I don't know if you've seen it, but you might want to do yourself a favor. Ted is this American football coach who gets hired to coach a premier league football team in England. He is destined for failure, of course, because football is really soccer and Ted knows nothing about that sport. Even in a losing season, Ted is surprisingly successful because he doesn't really care about football. He cares about people. Ted moves through his days with a non-judgmental openness that to onlookers appears foolish. Despite a failed marriage and a tenuous career, he is able to be a catalyst for good in almost everyone's life. This gracious guru posts a crooked sign on the locker room wall that only says, Believe, this is the emblem of hope and optimism, much like the dove can be for us. Somehow, with an openness to the spirit and her guidance in our lives, we can begin to live into the belovedness of ourselves and of our neighbors, allowing us to draw our circle a little larger. Dove power unleashes a spirit of peace and wholeness, of humility and nonviolence. Humility like that of Sam Rayburn, who served as the Speaker of the House of Representatives in the United States Congress for 17 years. As the Speaker of the House, Sam Rayburn wielded incredible power and prestige. And as you know, This position made him third in line of succession to the presidency. Well, one day Rayburn found out that the teenage daughter of a reporter friend had tragically died. Early the next morning, he knocked on the door of his friend. When the door opened, Rayburn asked if there was anything he could do. His friend stammered and replied, I don't think so, we're making all of the arrangements. Well, have you had your coffee this morning? Rayburn asked. The grieving man shook his head and said, no, we just haven't had time. Well, the Speaker of the House replied, I can at least make the coffee. As he watched this powerful man make him coffee, the father suddenly remembered something. Mr. Speaker, I thought you were supposed to be having breakfast at the White House this morning. Well, I was, but I called the President and told him that I had a friend who was in trouble and I couldn't come. Sam Rayburn turned down breakfast with the President of the United States to make coffee for a grieving friend. If great humility can be exercised by people of great power, certainly it can be developed in you and in me. Humility begins ironically as we see ourselves as beloved. I read about a pastor who went to a Catholic retreat house, and her experience could have been mine. She was matched up for spiritual direction with a nun named Sister Eileen. She remembered thinking, this is an absurd idea to take spiritual direction from someone she has just met, because, you know, she's complicated, way too complex for someone to get her in an hour-long meeting. Well, turns out, she was right. It didn't take an hour. It only took five minutes. She was hoping the nun would give her work to do, spiritual practices, stations of the cross, Lectio Divina. Instead, the nun looked her in the eye and said, I don't think you should do anything while you are here. I think you just need to walk in the knowledge that God loves you totally apart from anything you do Or don't do. For an overachiever like me, this is a difficult concept to grasp. I have spent most of my life striving, working hard, trying to be good, doing my best. Sometimes I'm afraid I'm chasing after my own worthiness. With the baptism of Jesus, the skies opened up. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove and the Father spoke the words of naming and claiming his son all before Jesus had really done anything. Not one single healing or act of ministry. Eugene Peterson says the voice of God this way in the Message Bible, this is my son chosen and marked by my love, delight of my life delight of my life. These words for Jesus are words that are offered to you and to me as we remember our baptisms. Now, if you have never been baptized, we have water right here. Plenty of it. Just reach out and let us know. In fact, a new member din- at our new member dinner last night at Pastor Mingy's house, a retired gentleman who was recently baptized reminded us that it's never too late. Now, I imagine that most of us were baptized as infants or children like little Caroline was this morning. Raise your hand if you were baptized as a child or an infant. I love the theology around infant baptism. God names and claims us even before we are able to do one single good thing, before we are even able to offer our faith to God. You see, God always makes the first move. Baptism is just the beginning of our life in Christ. While God is always faithful, we are called to renew our faithfulness through worship, Bible study, gather and grow, small groups, participating in the sacraments, and then responding to God's love by living into our identity as God's beloved child, an identity that includes seeing everyone else as a child of God as well. A love, a love that descends upon us and fills us with dove power, marked by humility, a nuanced strength, and a way of gentleness that helps us to deliver what is deeply needed in the world and in our lives. Friends, as we celebrate the baptism of our Lord, today seems to be a good day to open ourselves up to the power of a dove. Will you repeat these two phrases after me? I am a beloved child of God. God. With me, God is well pleased. one more time maybe put your hands on your heart if you would like and let these words soak into your very being i am a beloved child of god with me god is well pleased amen